Story number one. Humans are weird. Debatable. Pardon me, Commander. Seventh Sister began as she approached from the Central Data Processing Center for the base. The Trist Commander was busily collecting and analyzing the many data points the researchers had brought in that day. Seventh Sister waited patiently for the Trisk to notice her greeting and respond. Finally, the small alien turned his body to the primary eyes focused on her. His appendages, which had been busily working away at the console, grew respectfully still and curled under its body. How may I serve your needs, Seventh Sister? The commander asked. I'm concerned about the humans are engaging in an argument in recreational room, she said, working the concepts out carefully. They are consistently increasing their volume. The commander slumped and brushed his primary eyes in what she assumed was a sign of frustration. Let us look into the matter, he said. I believe the security cameras will be sufficient to view what is occurring, Seventh Sister offered as she turned to one of his screens. That probably won't be necessary, the Trisk said as he pulled up a schedule. Yes, there it is. This should explain the situation. He altered the light projection so it fell fully into her range and indicated the scheduled group activity that was currently unfolding in the recreational room. Seven Sister leaned forward and considered the information. Her mandibles clicked and her neck frill twitched uneasily. It says that it is a theoretical discussion, she observed. Yes, the commander said. Do note the topic. If I am reading this correctly, she says, it is in regards to a, um non-existent species, and they are debating the capacity of said non-existent species to engage in melee combat with humans, using primitive weapons from a past era. You have summarized the situation well, the commander said. Now do you understand? She stared at him for several long moments, tilting her head from side to side. I do not, she finally confessed. Neither do I. The commander said, waving a main gripping appendage dismissively. However, the humans who organized the discussion assured me that these aggressive displays are normal and security is not to intervene unless their internal fluids start to escape their external membranes. Is there truly a chance of physical altercation resulting from a theoretical discussion? Seven Sister demanded. Why did you come here to report the situation? The commander asked. I was concerned about the levels of aggression displayed, she replied. I see. They stood in companionable confusion for several long moments. Finally, the commander spoke. I am monitoring their vital signs, he assured her, and I will intervene if the situation comes to blows, as they say. And when this particular cadre of humans arrived, I was informed that situations like this would occur from time to time, and while altercations would be frequent, actual physical violence would be rare. If you wish to educate yourself on the behaviors in question, I could give you the search terms that the Central University sent me. I would appreciate that, she said, her full relaxing relief. Apparently, the commander said, has gathered the data to send to her. These are a subspecies of humans known as, um, geeks. End of story number one. Story number two. The Light of Madness, written by T. Marcos. Battle Subcommander Kral stared at the befuddlement through the pane of isolation glass. On the other side lay a twitching, supine form of a battle leader Kral, supreme commander of the Kra Imperial Fleet, hero of Alal, savior of the Empire twice over, and with Iridium clusters, 
He was currently blowing bubbles with his own salivary secretions and giggling softly to himself. I don't understand, Kral said, turning to the battle medic Kral. What happened to him? How can his condition have deteriorated so quickly? Kral made a gesture of an apologetic submission. My apologies, Sub-Commander, he said. We are still trying to learn what we can. We know that he was displaying irritability and short temper when he came back from the summit with the human fleet. No, that's normal, Kral interjected. Do not list them as a symptom. I comply, Sub-Commander, the medic said, striking it from the list. Later, he was overheard speaking softly to himself, complaining of an incessant voice in his head. Kral bared his teeth. A voice in his head, he mused. Medic, Kral, who reported this to you? Three crewmen, sub-commander, Kral, replied. I have the names here. Kral nodded in approval. See that they are commended for their diligence. Then execute them for eavesdropping on a superior officer. How did the battle leader's condition progress? He began, um, humming, sir, a strange series of sounds, and it seemed to irritate him, Kral said. At this point, we had him under observation, officially sanctioned. He had it hastily. The battle leader's behavior continued to deteriorate in an increasing pace. He began to wrap layers of luminate foil around his cranium. Was he suffering from heat imbalance? Kral wondered aloud. Kral shook his head. No, sub-commander, he said. He claimed that it would block the voices and keep them out of his head. Kral's face darkened. An electromagnetic interference attack, he growled. Someone will pay for this. Sub-commander, if I may, Kral ventured. We were also alarmed as you are when we heard this accusation. We immediately moved to isolate him from the cruel cage. Kral made a giant reflection and touched a claw to his chest. Kral's blessing on the battle engineer Krull for his invention. He waited for the medic to mimic his gesture, then frowned again. But it appears to have helped a little, no? You are ineffably correct, sub-commander, Kral said. His condition continues to worsen. He will not speak to anyone, insisting that his condition is contagious and that the voices will invade our heads as well. He refuses to allow anyone entry. A noble man, Kral said, a great man, but I will not let him fall like this. Open the isolation room, battle medic. I must speak with the hero of Alal. Kral thought briefly of objecting, but the look on Kral's face was forbidding. He hurried to the controls and the pain slid away, clearing a path for the gibbering battle leader. Kral, Kral said, Kral has told me of your condition. Great leader, what has befallen you? How... May I help you? Kral, Kral, the battle leader said, his hand darting out to seize a fistful of the sub-commander's uniform. You must tell the others, you must. I am undone, I cannot bear it. The voices in my head do not cease. Do not leave me a moment's peace. I will not believe it, Kral insisted. Battle leader, who has done this to you? Who has wrought this torment upon you? The humans! Kral grasped. Seeing Kral's face darkened, he pulled harder on the sub-commander's tunic. No, Kral, he said. You must tell the others. We cannot stand against the humans. The least of them did this to me with only a few words. And now the voices, the voices repeated to me. He grabbed his head, keening. Kral was aghast. But how, he asked. We have seen no indication that they have such powers to this point. 
The battle leader grinned a terrible mad grin and pulled him closer. It takes but a sound growl, he said. Just a sound. She was standing next to me, the young lieutenant from the diplomatic party. She said something soft under her breath and hummed only a little. Growl's face contorted into a manic rictus. The slaver dripping from his fangs, I thought to learn something to use in negotiations. So I leaned closer, and just a bit closer to here. And I heard Kral. I heard it. Heard what, battle leader? Kral cried. Great leader, I've still my warrior heart. I must know what befell you and my good of my people. What did the human lieutenant say to afflict you so? Kral shuddered and leaned in very close, his voice dropping in a melodic whisper. She sang, he crooned, a little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Kral listened to the battle leaner as he sobbed his way through the tune, and then stepped back. He reached far down into his warrior's heart and whirled himself to be strong for the good of his people, that the same fate would not befall them both. And in his head... He heard a song. Oh, Kral said. Oh, no. End of story number two.